and gents of the internet of the podcast world i don't even know if there's even such a thing uh, or if there's any such a wording for the podcast world but we'll make it at least for today we're almost there to the weekend ladies and gentlemen uh, of course uh, david's of course with us um myself mike is with you and uh if you guys haven't know there's quite a bit going on in the sports world first and foremost though david how's your week going it's going pretty good i uh not too hot. I can't complain for mid-July. It's only low 90s. It's usually about real close to, if not triple digits this time of year, so I ain't complaining. Um, work's going pretty good. Uh, getting some good hours at work and uh, just living a dream, you know? Hey, you gotta, you know, <clears throat> you gotta make it work one way or another, and I've always said that complain just doesn't get you anywhere. If it, if it does do anything, it makes matters worse, so... Uh, I definitely, uh, I'm glad that you're having a great week. My week ain't too bad. Work's been, uh, it's been up and down, but nonetheless, it's a job. So I got to uh, go to Tulsa for like uh, roughly, what, hour and a half, and that's because of lunch. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was interesting nonetheless, but got so much to talk about. Of course, a lot of you guys that's listening, uh, I know I got some SEC people out there, trust me, I, I I know you guys are out there. You guys are are definitely uh, making it known. But, you know, nonetheless, we're less than seven weeks, close to seven weeks uh, till college football kicks off, at least for the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, roughly six weeks or so until the actual college football season kicks off. Nonetheless, Big 12 Media Day, of course, everybody loves Big 12. At least I know I do because, you know, of course, that's where the University of Oklahoma plays. However, you got your SEC people. I know who you are. That sits there and says that the Big 12 is not a power five conference. Take it what you want to take it. I don't really care. <laughs> Nonetheless, Big 12 Media Day uh, kicked off Wednesday. Five teams make an appearance in Arlington. Uh, of course, uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State were, the, of course, the, the two – well, two of the two teams or two of the few teams that made it. But nonetheless, my, my personal opinion, we'll have a – strictly a college football uh, show once we get closer but my two favorites to be in the big 12 championship game of course i wouldn't be surprised if they do expand the playoffs i wouldn't be surprised david if these two teams are back in the playoffs i still think the big 12 could easily get two teams in but um uh, nonetheless the big 12 media day um storylines of course took shape a lot of uh coaches from half the big 12 programs um, took questions, which I thought was interesting, uh, trying to – a lot of questions, of course, what we talked about, the, the new name, image, likeness thing that's popping up. Uh, nonetheless, the biggest thing, of course, I read was interesting. A lot of people uh, – Lucina fans were a little upset that Spencer Rattler wasn't there. Of course, questions to Lincoln Riley, the head coach of the University of Oklahoma, had to answer, well, why wasn't Spencer Rattler there? Anyway. Nonetheless, uh, the Sooners top dog in the Big 12 trying to go for number seven national championship hopes. 
I'm not for sure um, how much you were able to to keep an eye on the Big 12 media day, but if you were, David, what were some of your takeaways uh, from this past week? Uh, past week? Um, first off, I was uh, really wanting to see what Lincoln Riley would say about the national title uh, aspirations. Yep. Um, you've said it, we've said it before, uh, Oklahoma is 0-4 when it comes to uh, playoff games. They've lost in 15, 16, I think 15, uh, 18, 19, and uh, no, 15, 17, 18, 19 mm-hmm. to Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU, respectively. Oh. Um, they're the only Big 12 conference is the only Power Five conference without a playoff win. And everybody's saying, when is Oklahoma going to get it? This year looks as good as ever, and it's on both sides of the ball. Um, Lincoln Riley stressed the importance of building off of last year's 9-2 season. Uh, they won the only non-conference game. Of course, the schedule got altered due to COVID-19. Instead of having three non-conference games, they had one against Missouri State. Uh, they pitched a shutout, 48 to nothing. It was the first shutout since 2015. When that year, it was a 55 nothing shellacking of Kansas State in Manhattan. Um, then they go on the – then they go off and fall on their face out of the gate, losing to Iowa State and Kansas State respectively, before rattling off nine straight wins, including the uh, revenge game in the Big 12 championship against Iowa State and then a 55-20 to shellacking of Florida in the Cotton Bowl at Jerry World. Um he says they've got championship DNA. They went back to basics. And if there's one thing that I like to see a coach do to really have a high goal is to go back to basics. Um, he said, quote, our focus deals back in on getting to the best versions of ourselves, end quote. And I think that's what they need to do. They've got Spencer Rattler coming off of a year under his belt. He's going to be strides. He's in the middle. I think he's 11, 15 to 2 um, is the betting favorite to win the national title and um he's 11 to 2 Spencer Rattler is to win the Heisman so Oklahoma's got the big aspirations I think they can do it this year well absolutely I love how coach Riley um opened up the <laughs> opened up his his Q&A I guess what you want to call it his press conference or what have you I thought it was interesting I loved how he said that uh you know, I'm not for, I was going to put it in layman's terms is pretty much, he said, it feels good to be back in his second home. So, yeah. you know, of course he had to take a jab. Uh, just saying that, of course, you know, beating Texas and Iowa State and TCU, I think since the Big 12 championship game has been back. And of course beating, or I shouldn't say beating, um, manhandling Florida uh, pretty easily in the Cotton Bowl, regardless of how many practices or who was playing. But um Regardless, they have great success uh, in that building for the most part. Of course, I do recognize – I do know two games that didn't go the way, but that's been years previous, A&M and BYU. But nonetheless, <clears throat> uh, no, I, I like Oklahoma. I, I think what they got on the table, and, and you nailed it, is both sides of the ball. We can finally say that OU has a defense, uh, something that Oklahoma hasn't had in quite a while. And, of course, you know, I still think that's the key to the game. Uh, key to the success this year, uh, especially, but, you know, obviously on the offensive line um, is a big part too. Of course, you look at Oklahoma, they're winners of the last six Big 12 championships, and and you nailed it, David, is right back to, like I told my dad yesterday, is when I went to go visit him for a bit, was 
That's great. No, we can talk national championship. I love, you know, I love to, to see you win another one, but we got to get past the first round. We, we haven't had success of in the semifinals, losing to Clemson in the Orange Bowl, uh, losing to uh, Georgia, of course, in the heartbreak in the Rose Bowl, which I still ache that day, to this day, losing to Alabama back in the Orange Bowl. And then, of course, we all remember two years ago with LSU and the Sugar and the, and the Peach Bowl. But um, you look at Oklahoma, you mentioned it 15 to two in betting favorites, a team that started one and two first time in the late to mid nineties that they've started. Oh, and two in the conference play started one and two overall. Uh, and then of course, finishing off the season, um, winning another big 12 championship, of course, then winning uh, the peach Bowl or the cotton bowl. But uh, you look at Spencer Rattler, favorite to win the Heisman, or at least one of the favorites to win the Heisman. A lot of people think he could go early in the draft, uh, leave early. I don't know. If, we'll see. I'll, I'll put it that way. We'll see. I ain't going to say nothing yet on him. But we'll see what he does this year. You know, I, I'm really impressed, David, uh, with Matt Campbell, the head coach of the Iowa State. This dude, they hired him from, I think, Toledo. I'm like, okay, well, here's another Big 12 team. They're just going to hire once again from the MAC. Good three, four years. That's what you're going to get out of them. Matt Campbell, in my opinion, I know he just got done signing the longest tension um, to be the head coach of Iowa State. But if if I'm going to continue to uh, contract ex- extensions are great. But Iowa State's head coach, Matt Campbell, in my opinion, is still a hot commodity, especially in the college football world. You know, during the offseason, he was rumored to go take the Detroit Lions gig, which I'm glad he did. And that would have been a disaster for him. Um, but we're talking Iowa State, which pretty much, they're, well, they used to be well known for the wrestling team. I'm not very familiar much more with the wrestling team or not. Decent basketball program, but entering, I think it's his sixth year, might be his seventh year right now. Um, but this team, talk about expectations. They're talking – Big 12 championship, which they were close to winning again. They were close to winning last year. But now, I mean, they're talking potential playoffs. Um, even being mentioned in the national championship contender, I'm going to be honest with you. If when you look at the schedule, um, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Iowa State concerns me a little bit. Luckily, it's in Norman, but they beat them. Uh, what was it? 2017 in Norman. Um that team, if, if OU was to lose one game, it's, it could easily be the Iowa State. Campbell's got um, Brock uh, back at the quarterback position. The, the offense is pretty much solidified. Defense is all back. Everyone's back, and this team can make it be a huge threat to OU's uh, potential dethroning of the Big 12. They sure are, and that was a thing last year. If you remember, uh, um, they – Oklahoma took off in the uh, Big 12 championship game, and then Iowa State chipped away and made a game out of it and took a game-ending interception to seal the deal for uh, for Iowa State. And one thing that you said is Matt Matt Campbell, his sixth year with the Cyclones, expectations have never been higher. They knocked off Oklahoma last year, nearly did it twice, went to the uh, – went to the – Went to a bowl. I think they're going to win a bowl. I can't remember what they ended up winning yeah, in their bowl game. If I recall right, I think they won the Fiesta. Did they beat um, – who they beat? 
Oh man, now I gotta Google this. I can't. I, I gotta Google it too because I can't remember who they beat. They won. It was but, like uh, play, oh, it was one of those what I consider BCS games. Um, but go ahead. Yeah, but he he's just hitting his stride. And had he taken the uh, uh, Detroit coaching job, it would have just been signing on for the Cyclones this year because they would have had to get a new coach. New offense, new coordinators, that kind of thing. But thankfully, Matt Campbell did do it. As much as I'd love to see a guy succeed at the next level, Matt Cam- Matt Campbell belongs in Ames, and he has turned that program around. Uh, what was it just for about five or six years ago? Iowa yep. State was one of those pushover teams that teams used to get to the top of the Big Twelve. Now you can't overlook them. Oklahoma looked them twice and twice in the last couple of years and paid the price for it in the regular season. And it was, in fact, the Fiesta Bowl that defeated Oregon 34-17. But, no, I I like Matt Campbell. This dude, he's a real deal. Uh, From what I read off, you know, off the field, he's a real deal. On the field, of course, he's feisty as feisty can be. And um, I remember that during the Big 12 championship game. He was definitely um, feisty. Of course, you know, another topic I wrote down that they discussed was the name, image, likeness, of course, a lot of mixed people. You know, we talked about this last week. We'll see how this plays out right now. I think it could be a, a black, you know, not so much a black guy, but it could hurt the game. But uh, a lot of coaches uh, were offering support. Of course, Kansas State coach um, Chris Kilman, you know, he, he, he calls it, practically summarizes a home run. Um, Quoted from uh, a resource of CBS Sports, I was looking up. He's, he 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 practically said it. it was a home run for the NIL um, goldmine, if you will. We'll see. I mean, again, right now mixed feelings. I'm still not for it, but uh, nonetheless, hey, we'll see how this plays out. I hope it doesn't hurt the game. It's going to be interesting. Um to see what's going to transpire from this course um 12 team playoff big 12 seem to be in with it um course like commissioner bowlesby you know he he did say that it's gonna give the big 12 another open door for a non-champion to make the cut of course iowa state or oe potentially could fill that void they talked about vaccines, which, you know, it's that's a huge topic that a lot of people that talk about a um, talk, uh, talk about a long discussion. But your thought, of course, you know, NIL, um, I know we're going to do a college football show once we get closer, um, early August, mid-August. But uh, your early, early predictions or your thoughts early on the, for the Big 12 upcoming year. Um, I think it's going to be a very competitive conference. And uh, one thing I'm really looking forward to seeing is a truly competitive conference. Uh, Big 12, I think, is still the only Power 5 conference where everybody plays everybody. That is correct. And and that gives them an edge. People say, well, what do you mean an edge? Well, you play everybody. You don't say, well, we're going to have an easy issue because we don't get to play Oklahoma or we don't get to play Oklahoma State. So we're going to have an easy year you know you look at the sec not everybody plays alabama every year so they're like okay we're not gonna get shellac this year but um but 
Bob Bosley stressed the importance of vaccines, but he also said that he doesn't foresee any kind of postponements or cancellations that's going to be an issue that because most of the Big 12 rosters are appear to be high enough vaccinations that um, there won't be any uh, issues. I, can't, I think there were a couple of games last year that got canceled because they were uh, because of COVID. And uh, hopefully that won't happen this year because there are some good games this year. And I hate to see one of them get tossed in the garbage can because a player tested positive and they can't really do that. Um, it seems to be that the every year goes by that Mike Gundy's mullet gets more 70s. And, uh, I mean, this year I look at picture, I thought, whoa, are we in a time portal or what? Because, I mean, I can hear the 70s calling with him. <laughs> you know, I respect Mike Gundy. He's done a phenomenal job at Oklahoma State. Of course, you know, hasn't really filled the shoes, in my opinion, with what Les Miles uh, did at Oklahoma State, even though what he did wasn't that great. But, I mean, he, he made it a consistent winning program. And he had, for the most part, pretty good success against Oklahoma. You know, it, it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned that. What is Mike Gundy's mullet? I, one of these days, I just hope a fan runs on the field. I don't care for what university. It won't happen. I, like, again, I don't condone. <laughs> I don't condone um, streakers. I don't condone any of that. But it'll be cool. I'm going to take a little jab. It'll be cool to see someone just have a pair of scissors or something quickly. And I don't know. I'm sure it's not possible. But somehow just snip that mullet. I, I just, <laughs> that mullet just needs to go. Well, actually, it did. I just realized that. Uh, I saw Mike Gunny's mullet was trending on social media, and I clicked on it. And actually, it turns out he just cut it yesterday. Oh, did he uh, really? He came out, yeah, he came out today, and yeah, it's gone. It is gone the way of the dinosaur, and social media is not happy about it. Um, they're saying that there's bad news. Gunny cut the mullet. Got the Gunny cut his mullet from one of the Cowboys fans' uh, Twitter accounts. Uh, quote sobs. And uh, and then somebody said, nobody wants the Beyonce gets more questions about their hair than Mike Gundy. <laughs> which I'm going to leave that one alone. So, but uh, yeah, it's gone. So, have, which is interesting because um, there was word, there was a rumor swirling that he wasn't going to get a cut until he beat Oklahoma, which I don't think was ever going to happen. Um, he's been there, I think, 14, 15 years. He's beaten Oklahoma twice. Well, and, yeah, uh, and no offense, not to, not to, you know, take the loss or credit away from Mike, but, you know, Bob Stoops would have would not have punted that ball. He would be – but regardless, his record sucks against Oklahoma. But carry on. Yeah, it does. But, um, it, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe he just got tired of it. But maybe he's just thinking, you know, what the ball – maybe bad, bad – juju or something so he decided to whack it off but we'll see what happens he's got Spencer Sanders he's got some pretty potent players but it's a matter of fact of playing a full game uh the games that Oklahoma State lost last year um and then um I think it was against TCU in 2019 um what I saw was that oh that Oklahoma State just quit they said well the game's over so we're just gonna lay down and get and just take our lickings they didn't play a full game. So we'll see what happens. They decide to actually play a full game this year when they're down and see if they can't mount a comeback. I have not been on Twitter today, but I just now looked it up. Yeah, he, he, he's not bad. He's got the um, 
if you zoom in real close, he's got the Donald Trump um, hair kind of going to the back. I mean, he has more hair than Donald Trump has, but um, nonetheless, the mullet's gone. Hey, I mean, you never know. Maybe it was bad juju, and maybe he personally thinks that that might be the saving grace for his season. Um, of course, we'll talk a lot more come that show, but I still personally think um, that if he, you know, I got nothing really personally against him. I don't, he's a Midwest City grad, but um, if he happens to lose to Oklahoma, which you know, I'm going to be, yeah, I'll be biased, but I'm going to also be the truth. It's possible this year. I could easily see OU going up to Stillwater and taking care of business. Um, OU, I should say. Um, if he can't be OU this year, I don't know how much more the, the booster club, the boosters are going to take care and the alumni is going to handle this. But we'll yeah, see. Most definitely. And I mean, because these boosters are spending their hard-earned dollars to help, you know, do things and pay things around the program, and they want to see results. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not going to sit there and pay their money and say, hey, well, you know what, you need to be Oklahoma maybe next year. It's like, dude. You've been there 14 years. You've been twice. Once yep. was on a fluke, if you will, because, oh, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a, um, a 50-50 chance, and it just happened to go the Cowboys' way. And by fact, Oklahoma should have won that football game. So he really should be 1-14, and 1-13 uh, <laughs> against Oklahoma, not 2-12. and 12. And then not taking anything away from, uh, from Mike Gundy because there's a few of those games that are nail biters. You go to yep. 2018 uh, in Norman, it comes down to the final play of the game. Yep. You know, if uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, I think it was Mason Rudolph, uh, still the quarterback there, uh, completes that two point conversion, Oklahoma State mm-hmm. wins. Instead, it gets knocked down. You go to uh, um, 2018 or 2017, rather, in Stillwater, where um, o- Oklahoma State scores 52 points and lose it. You know, that doesn't happen in football. It's not supposed to happen. You don't score 52 points in a football game and lose that often. So there's been a couple of, you know, crazy games here or there. But the end result is he's 2-12 and thir- two and 12 against the Sooners. And that needs to change if he's going to be keeping his job in there in Stillwater. Well, absolutely. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't – you know, what OSU does, that's, you know, that's between them. But I just don't see how you can – Continue to to allow your your team that you're trying to either be like or try and get surpassed the University of Oklahoma, but I don't know. I mean, if they don't go beat them again, which I mean it's possible. It's you know, OU's got the talent to beat them. I mean, OSU's not a bad squad, but Spencer Sanders will have to um, show off. But nonetheless, we'll see. Of course, like I said, we'll do a college football and all you guys can definitely listen. Um, speaking of big 12, before we finish wrap this one segment up is, did you see David, um, what the big 12 came out with today that and it's really, I can guarantee it's directed towards OU and Texas game. Uh, the taunting that if there's a team that taunts, you're going to be penalized. Now on the contrary, that if OU, for example, let's just say Spencer Rattler, Spencer Rattler scores, he can't, he'll be penalized if he does it in front of a Texas player. However, if he does it for in front of Bevo or in front of the obnoxious fan base that's on that end of the end zone um, with the Cowboy hats, then he's not going to be. I, I don't know. 
I don't know where the boundaries are. Second of all, this is college football. We've already potentially could have ruined it with this NIL thing. Let's have some fun and just enjoy um, what they got going on. Oh, yeah, one of the. Well, we had a quick uh, technical difficulty. Uh, David, I don't know what in the world happened, but I'm guessing people at the University of Oklahoma State did not like what we had to say about Oklahoma, about Mike Gundy. Apparently not. And it was one of those things where he was like, no podcast for you today, guys. You just talk about, about my hair and my football program. We're not going to talk about it at all. So <laughs> they must have just sent a little bug in, uh, into the technology world to take care of it. But we're back on and uh, – one thing before we uh, jump off of the uh, transition next topic is uh, Steve Sarkeesian in uh, Texas. Mm-hmm. See what he can do with uh, Tom Herman. Tom Herman was given four years. Uh, apparently wasn't good enough. Beat Oklahoma, I think it was twice in those four years. Um, I know at least once um, that was ended up being Mike Stoops' last team as yeah. OU's defensive coordinator. Um, but apparently it wasn't good enough to be uh, considered, so they fired him, brought in former USC and Washington head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Um, Sam Ellinger is gone uh, the first time since 2017 that they're going to have someone other than Sam under center. And then also um, Kansas did not make it to the uh, Big 12 media days. Um, Inclement weather in, I guess it was in – um, Kansas uh, prevented their plane from taking off, and uh, the uh, topic of conversation would have been the scandal led to less mm-hmm. miles dismissal, and uh, there would have been people missed out on the opportunity to get to know Lance Leopold. Um, and we'll get to see, uh, if not this year, um, that uh, Kansas is going to be able to be more than just a stepping stone. Uh, for people who were uh, for fans. Um, one of the things is, is in years past, um, Kansas has been one of those games where you see it on the schedule, but okay, we just put a W next to that. And okay, we don't need to worry about that week. We still need to play like we're still cost football because they're still a Division One team. But we can just do what we need to do and we can have an off game and still win. Um, but Lance Leopold is one of the best coaches that um, – uh, most casual fans uh, outside of the MAC Mid America Conference, things what it is, um, have never heard of. And I wanted to, I'm looking forward to see what he can do because I want a competitive conference. Because if someone can say, hey, you guys don't really have pushover teams that you guys need to step on along the way, you have to play competitively week in and week out, it can really uh, say that the Big 12 is one of the best conferences in all of college football. Oh, absolutely. And <clears throat> And, uh, you know, because TCU is a great program, especially with Gary Patterson. He's been there forever. And um, but no, I, I, I hope that he does well with Kansas. I'm not again. You know, is this a permanent fix? Is this, you know, it's Kansas. Let's just put it that way. So I don't know what you what we have with him. But no, nonetheless, hopefully he can get things, you know, moving in the, the right direction and. Hopefully they can put the scandal stuff behind them that was dealt with uh, with head or former head coach. Now I should say Les Miles, and it's unfortunate because I was pretty excited to see Les uh, come back in the Big Twelve. Of course, you know it's Kansas, you know, and a lot of people thought, well, can he even do anything? Yeah, you never know. Right now it wasn't no, but 
Nonetheless, no, I, I agree with you. I'm looking forward to that. I think the Big 12 can really be something special. Of course, Kansas uh, is always the laughter, but I still think eventually they'll get there, whether whether it is with Lance or not. I think eventually they'll get there. They're just unfortunate. They have so much change in head coach that hopefully they can just settle with someone, build hopefully something good and and work with them. But when you have that much turnover, it's just tough to build a, a consistent program. Yep, most definitely. Because I want to see, you know, like I said, a competitive conference where each team plays, you know, hard in and hard out, and each team can win any game on any given Saturday. Yep. And to finish off the Big 12 um, segment, I don't know, David, if you saw this or not. I was going up to Tulsa uh, for a business, quick business thing, and and uh, today, and nonetheless, I got a notification from Bleacher Report. And it says, practically, the Big 12 is going to penalize taunting. Of course, it's I'm, obviously the direction is towards Oklahoma and Texas. Nonetheless, it makes no sense, David. I don't know if you got a chance to read this or not, but or check into it. But pretty much, long story short, is this. Say, for example, Spencer Rattler scores in the end zone. He's, he, he does the, obnox, the, the, the horns down to the most obnoxious fan base. That's on that, I think it's probably the south end of the end zone, whoever south end of it is, because they're close to the end zone. Whoever fan base, that fan base, uh, he's not penalized. If he does it to one of their safeties, corner, defensive linemen, so on and so forth, he gets penalized. You know, a lot of, I'm not, right now, I'm not in favor for this NIL thing. I, I think it might hurt the sport. But let, let these kids celebrate. I mean, taunting, now if you're doing throat, slashes or if you're like Baker Mayfield a few years back and you're grabbing your your crotch and saying whatever you want to say okay I I, I get that but horns down and whatever I know it's not much of a topic to talk about but what's your thoughts on this I call it ridiculous and stupid uh rule that the Big 12 uh, adapted for this upcoming season well, I actually like the rule. Uh, I was looking into it, and the rule is says this. It's not if you direct it towards the fans, that's one thing. Right. But if you direct it towards a player, that can start a fight, and we don't want to fight on the field. Um, if you don't know, if you out there listening to the podcast that I'm talking about when it comes to fights, go look up 2013 Ohio State-Michigan. You want to see a barroom brawl. That was a barroom brawl. We had helmets flying. We had players coming off the sidelines. Uh, we had um, punches and kicks. And then I think it was 2007, maybe 2008, Miami, Florida, and then Florida mm-hmm. International, um, which was one of the uglier brawls because you actually had a player um, swing his helmet, um, kind of like what Miles Garrett did to Mason Rudolph a couple of years ago in the NFL. So – I'm all for stopping a fight from happening because you can get ugly, you get suspensions, you get, you know, you got a big game next week and then I your top players out because he decided to, you know, throw a couple of haymakers here and there to the opponent. <laughs> so if it stops a fight from happening, there needs to be penalized. That's one thing. But um, I think the horns down is one that kind of just adds another wrinkle to the rivalry that is Oklahoma and Texas because Texas fans don't like it. Oklahoma says, well, why don't you – 
come out here and beat us openly, yep. you know, and play some football, maybe we'll stop doing it. But uh, I got to agree with the commissioner on this one. If it's still a player, then it's going to be penalized because it's going to stop a fight. But to the fans, hey, you know, it's, it's fair game to the fans because I think it was a couple of years. <laughs> I think last year um, there were a couple of ladies in uh, at that, at uh, the Cotton Bowl who uh, – gave the freeway salute to the Sooner players mm. that was caught on camera. And I was like, no, that's not how you're supposed to act. But then again, uh, that's Texas fans for you. <laughs> See, I would have <laughs> I would have thought it had been the other way around. Because I'm thinking, especially, I'm, I'm guessing it's the south, and I really don't know what side of the uh, end zone is, but north or south doesn't really matter. I figured that, <clears throat> that you know, I could see more fans <laughs> storming the field. But uh, nonetheless, you know, it, I know I'm, <laughs> I'm scrolling through Twitter. It's interesting what a lot of people say, but, you know, it is what it is. And, um, hey, it just – I still think we're going to – especially if it's a close game in, in Dallas, I still think that we're going to uh, have a few people um, – having a few people get on uh, – <laughs> a few people talk, let me put it that way. I still think we'll get by. I still think we'll see some of that. And it might be a decision. You know, it might be one of those crucial flags that uh, that can uh, make or break a game. It can. And that's the thing about it. And I don't know. I think it was last year or two years ago where um, both all the players uh, got the unsportsmanlike conduct before the game started yep. um, because they got a pregame. They got into a pregame shoving match. And. Uh, then Big 12 referee, now head of officiating. Um, what's that guy's name to do with the big arms? Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the biggest, re- one of the well known referees because if he was in the power, he's a weightlifter in the offseason. You know, he came out there and said, We're not, you know, all the players of both teams have been hit with an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, uh, before the game started, and if they got none of during the game that would have been it. And then there was a rumor swirling after the game that Texas did that on purpose because they knew if Oklahoma got another penalty during the game, that player would be gone. But that didn't happen. So uh, we'll have to see if, uh, like you said, if it's a crucial flag that helps decide the game, what's going to happen. But it's one of those things where we're just going to wait until uh, the big game in, at, uh, at, the, at, um, at the Texas State Fair to see what's going to happen. Absolutely. And um... – We'll see how that goes. Uh, if you're just joining, uh, if you just if this is your first time listening, of course, uh, you know, big center fans here. Speaking of, which I don't know, Dave, if you saw this, I'm just now scrolling through it and I missed it, which I haven't been on uh, social media today at all. The Oklahoma men's new basketball era, of course, uh, Coach Mosier starting the new era in Norman. But they released a non-conference schedule. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's pretty impressive for this year. Now, I have not seen it, so I'll have to take a look at it after we get the recording. It's, and uh, we'll have to uh, hit it on next week's edition. But uh, that's one of the things. If it, uh, I see what the students are trying to do is trying to put the basketball program on the map and say, hey, we, we want to compete with the likes of Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and be up there with them uh, because I think uh, Porter Moser has a great chance to turn this, yep. take this program up to the next level. Uh, no, uh, Ron Kruger did a fantastic job of uh, of uh, taking this program to great heights. Took us to the Final Four with Buddy Heald, and uh, first time in I think almost 15, 16 years that 
that it happened. And I think Port Moser has a chance to make us competitive in the Big 12 and take the uh, um, crown away from Kansas. Well, hopefully, I know it's going to be a while. So, you know, Sooner Nation be be definitely uh, um, definitely ready for you. So, nonetheless, uh, looking forward to it. Of course, recapping with the, the weekend and or early week that it was, uh, Major League Baseball uh, game, uh, all-star game that was played in Denver, of course, Coors Field, home of the Colorado Rockies. I watched uh, the first round of the home run derby. It was entertaining. The rest became, yeah. But nonetheless, Otani... He was ousted in the first round. <laughs> a lot of people, I'm sure, lost uh, a lot of money um, because a lot of people, he was obviously the favorite to win, needless to say, and probably rightfully so. He came in the all-star break, uh, the hottest hitter, if not one of them, besides Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And nonetheless, um, I didn't watch the all-star game. I can't speak too much. I did read, uh, watch the highlights, I should say, of course, the National League. They were shut out until like, I think they got their first hit in the third inning. Uh, nonetheless, falling. I think what now? What is it now? Eight years now they haven't lost. They've lost the AL. Um, but nonetheless, I've heard it was a wonderful weekend. I know a lot of a buddy of mine. Him and his mom went up there to, to enjoy the Futures game and the All Star or the Home Run Derby, then the All Star game. Uh, were you able to watch much of this? I know Vladimir Guerrero, of course. Uh, played uh, lights out in the all-star game, which, you know, take a lead with, I know a lot of people don't really get into it, but nonetheless, uh, of course, even, you know, Jay Tabor, your Muto, um, call Albert product here in the local Midwest city area. You know, he had a pretty decent game uh, for the Phillies as well in the all-star game, but nonetheless, I enjoyed it. Um, always good festivities. It's just good to watch good, all-star, you know, it's just good baseball. Yes, and uh, one of the funny, one of the more lighthearted moments in the game occurred when Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit his home run because Mike uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, was mic'd up at first base when he hit it. So it was kind of comical to see his reaction to the home run. Um, going back to 2013, um, the American League hasn't, has won every game since then. Um, the uh, National League uh, won the previous three in 2010, 2011, and 2012. Um, before that, the American League had won every game since 1997, with the exception of 2002, which was the uh, the uh, glaring black eye that was the tie. And then, because they ran out of players, and then, of course, last year they didn't have it, because of due to delay at the start of the season. And they didn't want to say, well, we're going to play an all-star game, you know, one month into the abbreviated season. Um, but one of the things that I don't like about the all-star game is that everybody plays. I mean, yeah. it's – I understand why they want to do it, but, you know, if you can't figure it out yet, I don't like participation trophies. I think they're pathetic um, just because you make it. Um, you don't mean you automatically get an award. You know, if you make it to the team, be thankful you're in the dugout. Um, and, you know, if a guy wants to pitch four innings, five innings, let him go five innings. Don't pull him out for two innings. That's what happened in 2002 because you want to let everybody play. And the next thing you know, oh, 
crap, you know, we're in the 11th inning. It's tied 7-7. We don't have any players left because mm-hmm. you want to play everybody. And what I think they ought to do is MLB needs to maybe throw some cash at, out there. Just throw a purse out there that a um, uh, million dollars and uh, the MVP gets half of it. And then the winning side splits the other half. So make it competitive. Well, they got to do something because, you know, <clears throat> I totally agree with you. I get they want, you know, they're doing it probably for the fans and, and, and so on and so forth. But, I mean, let's just be honest. If, if, if Otani wants to pitch eight innings, let him pitch eight innings. If he wants to hit instead of pitch, let him hit instead of pitches. If, if Max Scherzer, the ace for the Nationals, if he wants to do the same, then go for it, um, pitching-wise. But, no, I agree with you. Um, I've always thought the All-Star game is cool. I just, you know, it's good baseball. Homer and Derby, I think, was a lot of hype that, unfortunately, uh, didn't, didn't go the way I think a lot of people was open. But uh, uh, with Pete Alonzo, of course, um, winning it for the Mets again. But uh, nonetheless, it was a good environment. Of course, now we're at the officially, well, I think we're past the halfway mark standing-wise. But I always call it the halfway mark. We're now getting into the, the trade deadlines here in the next month and a half. And down the stretch as we head into October, of course, the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees need some pitching. They're still, they're still in the race, but they're going to have to win some series. Um, they are, and, and unfortunately, I don't know if it's taught today, but uh, they've got some COVID issues. So their game tonight yep. against the Red Sox has gotten uh, postponed, and uh, the rest of the uh, weekend is in jeopardy uh, because uh, they've got uh, the test of positive one, which is Aaron Judge. And now it's a question of, okay, he was in Colorado. He was playing. Did he have it when he was in Colorado? Because now you got to to go the contract, contact tracing route. And heaven forbid that the players who were uh, in Colorado were exposed to him, and then they went home to their respective teams uh, because Major League Baseball, after the fan votes revealed the managers uh, for the respective teams, which are the uh, winning, the defending pennant champion uh, managers, if they're still around. I can't remember what the uh, rule is. Let's say a team goes to the World Series one year, and a coach either gets fired or resigns, and they replace them. I don't know how that rule works, but they go out and select the player from each team so everyone is represented. So now you potentially have every team exposed because of Aaron Judge. And if that's that, then you got a can of worms. And it's going to get – the worst-case scenario is the season gets paused because every team's got cancer because every team's have was uh, connected to Aaron Judge. But uh, they've got to fix something because um, – the, the uh, fan base isn't tolerating it. And I know there's a, I'm a member of a Yankees group on Twitter. Uh, a bunch of them live in New York and they've gone to games. They said they're not going to go to any more games as long as Aaron Boone is manager. So the fans are starting <laughs> to make their presence known that they're not, they don't want Aaron Boone. They think he's a lousy manager. I think he's a lousy manager. Um, he just doesn't have that fire that he needs to have. I don't. I didn't think that was a great hire to begin with. I'm not knocking. I get, you know, he's the, the guy that sent us to the World Series. Okay, so you're going to go off of practically one hit. Exactly. And, okay, cool. That was a, that was a bit of a fluke hit anyway. I mean, well, I was yeah. watching that game, and I said, I was, I told my friend at school, I said, that was a fluke hit. That was not. Um, 
that was just, you know, Grady, then manager Grady Little making a boneheaded decision to leave Pedro Martinez in there when he should have pulled him out. But uh, just because, oh, he's this great hero. No, he's not. You don't get to become a legendary hero for one and get because they go out there and lose the series in seven games to the Florida Mar- then Florida Marlins. You know, and then the Florida Marlins did what they did in 97, 98. You don't have a fire sale at the Wing World Series. Like, ah, get this thing away from me. We don't like the Wing World Series. <laughs> That's basically what happened. It became irrelevant again. But uh, speaking of series, I watched the NBA Finals game four last night. We're down now, David, to the best of three. And yep, it's Phoenix, all over again. Yep, we're right back to practically zero, zero. Suns chant, you know, Phoenix, the fans were chanting Suns in four. Buck fans in Milwaukee chanting uh, Bucks and six. It's an interesting series, uh, nonetheless, especially with the fan bases. Both arenas loud as loud can be um, for those respective areas. Now we're going to do this. We can now easily say it's going to be Bucks and six. We can say it could be Suns and six, or we're going to have a game seven winner. Uh, it's just that kind of series. I like what. Uh, Kind of like what I like to what, paraphrase what uh, Phoenix head coach Monty Williams um, said, and he's and he said this is the way practically that the play, point of player should be, and this is the excitement of it. Now, um, a lot of officiating, bad officiating last night. I definitely will say that on both sides, yeah. it wasn't one team or another; it was both all the way around. Uh, so hopefully, the league can get that taken care of. But now, kind of like, uh, you know, Cam Johnson, I believe, with the Suns said, it's the finals. Here we go. It's This is, you know, you're not just now going to give up now. It's now we're going to go down to the final potential final three or two games or even now three, depends on how this plays out. Well, David, we're at 2-2. Suns up 2-0. Bucks took the last two. Now we're going back to Phoenix for game five. Your thoughts so far? I, I've enjoyed the series. It's, it's been yeah. – court advantage has played a huge part. Last night, Chris Paul really was sloppy with the ball. Uh, Devin Booker couldn't get out of foul trouble. Well, no offense. First of all, the whole team, both sides, I don't think anybody I, – I didn't, I didn't think we are going to make the – I didn't think we are going to finish the game with anybody eligible with the, with the fouls. But nonetheless, congrats to Milwaukee game four win. We're going back to game five, I think, what, Sunday? and um, Or it might be Saturday. That's probably too far in advance. But anyway, nonetheless, we're going yeah. to game five in Phoenix. Here we go, David. We're down to the final stretch. What's it looking like for you? How do you ha- Have you enjoyed the series so far? And what do you see how this thing's going to play out? Well, I've enjoyed the series. I was looking for a competitive series, and I got a competitive series. I thought it was going to be, okay, Milwaukee might steal one or two games in um, – when they go to game three in front of the first two games um, because the Phoenix made uh, Giannis look off his game. But then he got home to the Pfizer Forum there in Milwaukee and locked, got honed in, locked down, and led him and Chris Middleton tag teams to uh, win. And they took advantage of uh, some sloppy play from Phoenix. Um, Chris Paul just could not. Get over the turnover bug. He literally passed the ball, and it was like, okay, it's a bad pass. You know, I'm going to steal. This is going to steal, and they go the other way. Um, him, uh, Giannis, and 
Middleton combined for 66 points. Uh, when you have that kind of performance, you're going to be expected to win. Um, but I, I'm with you on the officiating. It needs to be cleaned up because if you're going to have this competitive series, the last thing you want is a controversial call. Should have been called, shouldn't have been called, that decides the championship. And um, Devin Booker should have fouled out last night with about a minute left in the game, yeah. but didn't because the foul got missed. But And, you know, I've been officiating. Uh, I've done officiating on the side. I've known some officials. You're not going to call everything. You can't call oh, everything. Oh, no, exactly. But when it, when it comes to big plays, you need to call those. And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, you see something and your brain just freezes like, what just happened? I just missed that call. And uh, – but I've enjoyed the series, and I think it's going to go to game seven. It's going to be winner take all on uh, next week. I think it's next uh, next Tuesday uh, or when next Wednesday – um, I can't look what the schedule is, but game seven, if necessary, um, is going to be played in Phoenix, and it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be a loud, boisterous crowd uh, there in Phoenix. They're going to pack the arena there, and they're going to make their presence known. Um, but um, game five is Saturday, and it is – momentum is there for the taking. It's right there in the middle. Both teams are going for it. Whoever wins on Saturday night has momentum. And the the where Ryan Trophy will be in Milwaukee next week for Game Six because whoever wins Game Five, they win Game Six. The series is over. But um, I think the home team's going to win every game. Mm-hmm. Phoenix is going to win Game Saturday, Game Five Saturday. Uh, Milwaukee's going to take Game Six, and then uh, I think it's going to go seven games. And Phoenix is going to take Game Seven uh, next week, and it's going to be a barn burner of a basketball game. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um... Obviously, you know, <clears throat> Booker, phenomenal player. Of course, last night got a lot of foul trouble, which was why he was not in the fourth quarter a lot until, what well, I think it was like ninth minute, eighth minute left in the game. Might have been five minutes for all I know. Um, can remember. But, you know, of course, 32, 38, I should say, it was 42 points within the first three quarters, again, due to foul trouble um, in the fourth. But, you know, an interesting stat that I'm looking at here is Giannis. You know, he, he's had back-to-back 40-point, 10-rebound game, which is just one of three players in NBA history to reach those numbers in consecutive um, final games, which is pretty impressive because Giannis, you don't think of being that. I mean, he's obviously a huge player to Milwaukee's success, but you obviously don't think those numbers, but that's something in itself. You know, I still think Middleton Giannis is still the, the deal-maker that could get Milwaukee the championship. Paul's got to pick up his 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 play a little bit better. He was definitely sloppy last night. Booker, nonetheless, regard, regardless if it was an officiating issue or not, he's got to get out of foul trouble. And uh, if I think if Booker can do that, Phoenix can take care of Biz. But um, I like Phoenix in five. I like Milwaukee in six. I can definitely see this go with seven. Of course, the NBA wants it in seven. I can guarantee you ABC wants it going seven. That's viewers and money for them. So, uh, but anyway, uh, no, I've, I've enjoyed this series. It's been it's been really entertaining, and I hope it uh, finishes out the way that it's it started so far. But nonetheless, Milwaukee took over, like you said, they took advantage of the turnovers, especially the sloppy pay uh, play from CP3 and um, Booker's uh, foul trouble. And hey, the name of the game is got to take over, and that's what Milwaukee did. 
Yep. And a little side note here. I don't know if you saw this on the news earlier, but uh, it's official that the arena downtown is no longer Chesapeake Energy Arena. The sign on the outside got taken down. It's now just known as the arena until they find a new naming rights partner. Wow. Did not know that. Yep, they uh, was flipping through the news while we were getting the, you were getting the technical difficulties worked out, and there was a had a picture of the letters were just piled on a pallet in the middle of the middle of East Reno, and there's no name right now. It's just known as the Sports Arena right now until they get a new naming rights partner. Wow. Yeah, to uh, me, it's always going to be the Sports Center. That's what they grew. Up. That's what it was. Well, I would say I remember growing that, up. Exactly, I remember that thing when that thing was being built, and that was the Sports Center because that's when. The original Blazers were there, and that crowd and fan base was the most hypest. Oh my god! Yeah, you talk about some loud, loud arena. That thing was that thing was literally vibrating if you drove by it on a game night. Oh, that thing was rocking. <laughs> I've been to a few concerts in there, and I've gotten out of there, and my ears were ringing. So it was, like, you know, it's not it's it's not called Loud City for nothing. <laughs> Well, no, and it started, you know, I could definitely remember the force. And I've heard, you know, rumors before. I didn't know when they were going to take the signage down, but I knew Paycom was potentially um, potential rumor. I've kept hearing Paycom, Paycom, Paycom. I don't know what, you know, if that's true or not. But, no, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully it's be something cool. You know, of course, unfortunate news for Chesapeake Energy, obviously. But hopefully we can uh, – I always like to call it the peak – but nonetheless, it's going to be interesting. So new era, of course, in basketball world for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Of course, we still continue with the NBA Finals. Uh, game five on Saturday. Now, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yep. The uh, next chapter in this little uh, story is, as, uh, as the page has been turning, we're still in the middle of the plot. And, it, you know, as they say, the plot thickens. Well, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this guy. <laughs> a good yeah, buddy of mine, Claude, he, he's been on the show a few times. If you guys haven't, definitely uh, search the shows. He's, he knows his stuff. Nonetheless, um, he, he's a huge, you know, go after Aaron Rodgers. You know, Rodgers is the hero, so on and so forth. I got nothing, you know, I get, you know, he's obviously the league MVP. But we got, you know, I don't know where to go with this guy. So we look, we look at Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he didn't opt out this season. So obviously, um, you would say it's nearly 100% that uh, he'll probably, a chance at least, that he'll play under center in Green Bay this upcoming season. Well, obviously, you and, you and I both know that 100% is nothing guaranteed. So let's look at the bottom line. What's the bottom line? Well, is he is he still a Packer? Obviously, him and his thirty-seven-year-old self. I guess he still wants to be the host of Jeopardy. I don't really know. But again, um, David, your thoughts on this this whole saga? This thing is, I don't even know. Is this when is this drama at this rate? Because um, you were 12 days away from Packers opening camp. And there's no point to know where Aaron Rodgers, whether he's going to be the starter or if he's even going to show up. 
you know, right, right. You know Tom Brady and um, I guess Tom Brady was at a golf course or a, um, um, there's a rephrases during a golf match against Tom Brady, Phil Mick and, and Phil Mickelson. From what I read, um, practically rumors have it. Roger says, you know, where he told Brady to himself and Brady felt the need of felt the need that he wants to be the, the, the new source. I don't know, but he pretty much says that he wants to figure things out he, at least in the next two weeks. Dude, I don't know what there is to figure out. It's either you're going to play or you're not going to play. I personally don't think he's going to be traded. I don't think he starts. I think he starts because he's going to realize that Green Bay is not going to play around with this and they're just going to move on to, I would imagine, Jordan Love. But what's your thoughts on this, yeah. on this saga? Well, um, well, as you know right now, as of last week, there was a glacial freeze between the two sides. Um, but now it appears that that thing is thawing out. Um, in fact, uh, uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler appeared Monday on the show Get Up, said the Packers are hopeful, quote-unquote, that the reigning MVP reports to the team and they have, they have no plans to even trade him. So their, their fingers crossed that he's going to show up to training camp in the next few couple weeks. Um, but uh, it's just one of those things. Um, he requested trade earlier this offseason. Uh, it's been simmering for more than a year. Um, they, they didn't do the decision to use the first-round back pick on Jordan Love. But as you said, as of right now, he's still a Packer. His contract still says Green Bay Packers. And until they do something about that contract, he still plays for the Green Bay Packers. Now, we're going to see whether he's going to show up. And there's going to be a litany of TV cameras and other press are going to be at birthday one waiting at the entrance to see if Aaron Rodgers shows up. Oh, wow. uh, he not report to OTAs, organized team activities this past offseason. I uh, got fined for that. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. And, uh, um, well, I just had to see what what goes on with that. Whether he shows up or not, we'll determine what the Packers are going to do with him. Um, again, because of the size of his contract and his age, there aren't too many suitors for him uh, other than maybe, you know, Denver Broncos have been rumored to be. But then I'm with you. I want to see what Drew Locke can do. Uh, you know, now he's got a little NFL experience under his belt. and Maybe see what he can do before we go. I don't want to just go in. Oh, hey, you know, let's go with Peyton, do what did Peyton Manning. Let's get this big time quarterback in his twilight years, you know, win a couple of games right off and, you know, get a Super Bowl right off into the sunset and then be where we are right after Peyton Manning, you know, mediocre at best because we wasted money on a player that we only got two good years out of. Well, and Clyde and I, even on the show, we, we, we're going to have to just obviously agree to disagree. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, obviously draft night, I tweeted out, and I swear people got up in the uproar. Oh, you're a moron. You want to take – okay, first of all, I'm not sitting here saying I wouldn't love to – I would absolutely love to see Aaron Rodgers in Denver. However, going back to that, Denver's one of the youngest teams in the league, which is a plus. It could also be a bad thing, yes, but it's a huge plus. However <laughs> – I'm not giving up what we're already building in, in Denver. You, you're one of the youngest teams. I think they're the second or third youngest. You're one of the youngest, top five youngest teams in the league. 
you got a quarterback that he's showing some flashes. Yes, I agree. He's showing some hiccups. I also agree. Um, however, Denver needs to get in the position to say, okay, we can't be like Cleveland Browns here. We can't start having a jersey listing in duct tape of who our quarterback was and wasn't. Um, because that's where they're going after the Peyton Manning era. You, you've gone through Trevor Seeming, you've gone through Paxton Lynch, you've gone through Joe Flacco, you've gone through Brennan Allen, you've gone through uh, Case Keenum, Kendall Hinton, for God's sake. I mean, I get that was a that was a COVID thing, but still, you've you still you still had it. Brett Reitman, which I, I like, but he's not an NFL caliber kid. But nonetheless. I'm not giving up three first round picks. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna really give up two. You might get one at very best. Um, I just wouldn't give up much for a guy because here's why I think I mentioned it to Clyde is this. So if we go this route to Aaron Rodgers, my thing is this. Okay, so in three years from now, when his contract expires or when he breaks his hip on the 40 yard line, and you're 40 years old, um, so what? We're now gonna go after Russell Wilson when he's mid 30s. It's just one of those trend things. Like, well, let's just go pick up the old quarterbacks. But hey, that's a temporary fix. But you know, Cleveland, hey, they've stuck with Baker, and and we're both OU fans. And let's be honest, it hasn't been easy. It hasn't been good for Baker. You know, he's looked bad at times too. So, you know, but I ain't comparing Drew Locke to John Elway. But uh, people, if uh, listeners out there, if you guys would look at John Elway's first, you know, first four to five years in the league. Well, compare the stats, and you're going to see a huge similarity there. And let's just say how, you know, John Elway panned out. I'm not going to sit there and say Drew Locke's John Elway. I get that. But, hey, be patient, Denver. Let's be patient. <laughs> let's be patient. Let yeah, them burn. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, you know, watching the Chiefs, you know, do what they did with Patrick Mahomes is kind of getting, you know, Denver fans are getting ants in their pants. You know, they want to compete with Kansas City. And I'm like, it's coming. Just be patient. They got um, a lot of what they do offensively and defensively, but absolutely, yeah, be patient. Yeah, you know, speaking of AFC, speaking of the Chiefs, I don't know if you saw, saw this or not, but, uh, you know, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, actually tweeted out his uh, his name saying that uh, the folks have been mispronouncing it. It's actually Travis Kels, not Travis Kelsey, as people have been calling it. It's actually a nickname. But he prefers the nickname over his actual name. And he says that his family, you know, when they started, when he took off, his NFL career took off a couple of years ago, like, dude, they're pronouncing your name wrong. He's like, I know, I don't care. Kelsey sounds better. It does sound better. I mean, I just thought, you know, Kelsey's <laughs> like, huh? I'm like, it just, it just sounds one of those, just, you know, it's one of those, uh, I can't remember what that, I think it's called the, uh, um, I can't remember that term, um, we know where, uh, um, where you know, you know, like people say, you know, like air freshener, they call it for breeze, even though you're using something other than breeze. I think it's called like the Morgan Freeman effect or something like that. Um, I can't remember what that term is called, but that's what it is. You know, you get used to saying something wrong, it becomes a new normal, and then you're like, wait a minute, I've been saying it wrong all this time. It just sounds the actual correct way to say it doesn't sound right. Well, I know one thing. Um... Interesting. I know one thing. It's Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey's cool. It sounds like you're a um, like a British or Scottish player. Kelsey sounds cool. Kelsey, you know, I just sounds cool because well, 
we've been saying it since he's played, and it just sounds a little bit better. But, no, I agree with you. I, you know, Denver, obviously, um, and rightfully so, we're starting to – you know, I can tell why we're in pain. But, hey, you know, I, it's good to see the Chiefs succeed. I mean, as much as I hate the Chiefs. But we'll be there. Just we got to be patient. We got to build something. And going through this quarterback change and coaching change, it doesn't matter at what level. You're just not going to be consistent. Like we brought, you know, we mentioned earlier in the show with Kansas, you just can't build something if you're continuously uh, changing coaches. And obviously they're not changing quarterback as much as Denver is. But, you know, be patient, mile high. I promise we're going to. We'll be we'll be competitive. Just let's let's be patient. But it's this it's the culture we live in now. And I've, I trust me, I miss the playoffs too. Um, but we'll we'll be all right. Just be patient. Yeah, it's that instant gratification is what people want. You know, people don't want to wait on anything anymore. And, you know, and and that's one of the things that um, unfortunately, if you look over the past to 20, 25 years. You know, America's attention spans got shorter. That's why Rob Manfred, you know, we're not going to go down this road and talk about this right now, but that's one of the reasons he wants to, you know, pick up the pace because people don't have the patience to sit through a baseball game where they want to, you know, they want to be actively involved. And, you know, it's like, okay, this is boring 30 minutes and I'm just going to flip over and watch something else. They don't want to sit there and wait for something to happen. You know, it's just instant gratification. Well, they want the instant results and, you know, it's a culture that we live in. We want the results. Well, sometimes like, um, oh, um, M- Joel Embi, you got to trust the process. <laughs> yep, you do. I mean, I like our, I like what, um, I like what George Payton done in his first draft. I love what he did. Of course, John Elway did last year in, in that draft and, just be patient. And if Drew doesn't work out, Drew doesn't work out. You know, I'll, I'll be okay with that. But for now, yeah. And there's going to be another quarterback out there that we can grab hold of. Yeah, I'm sure Peyton Manning will. You know, I'm sure he won't mind coming out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, and that's funny. I don't know if you saw this during the All Star game or not, but uh, Peyton Manning was giving Shohei Otani a few throwing, uh, a throwing tips on how to throw the ball in high in thin air. <laughs> Yeah, I did see that video. I, I'm sure Manning's arm's not there. It was barely hanging on in 2015 when we won this. Uh, when Denver won Super Bowl 50, it was, it was, uh, it was barely, barely hanging on. It was. I don't know what they did. What happened with his neck? Because if you watched him in Indianapolis before the surgery and him in Denver after the surgery, his spiral wasn't as tight as it was in Indianapolis, no. and that's one of the things that made made it a little bit, you know, iffy about him throwing the ball because, you know, it wasn't that tight spiral that needed to be a little bit wobbly. And, you know, teams were able to take advantage of that. Final segment, and we'll stick with the NFL, the Washington football team. And I'm still going to say Washington Redskins. I know that's not the right way to say it, and that's not their name. But to me, it just sounds weird. But anyway... Uh, the Washington football team has obviously been a busy week for, of course, uh, the team president sat down, you know, with the Washington Post talking about, you know, potential names and so on and so forth. That They made an announcement that they're going to release their logo and their name in early 2022. So 
Congrats, Redskins fans. You're get one more year that you have no nickname. But for now, you're the Washington football team. This thing's a really interesting turn of events. You got yeah, I don't even know where to begin. Um I'm scrolling through what potential I guess is their actual list. And right now the Warriors is the leading candidate. I don't know. Um, and this is off of USA Today. So, I mean, obviously they must have something. But the Warriors, I guess, either is the leading candidate or they just, okay, would not be. So they took that up. The Red Wolves, my, yeah, my apologies. The Red Wolves is the one that's leading candidate, is the leading name for the team. I don't know what. The Red Tails, the Red Hogs, or the Hogs, the Senators, which I personally think that's what's going to happen. And then uh, commanders or generals, or, or they would just stick with uh, the Washington football team and they just add the Washington football club. Well, it's not soccer, so I don't know if that's even going to be remotely an option. Nonetheless, um, of course, the Cleveland Indians, they're going to change their name sometime soon in the near future as well. But sticking with Washington, uh, David, this Washington thing is just interesting. They're going to come out – you know, early 2022, and um, I can't think of the owner's name, but his wife is now in part of it. He's stepping back some. Yeah, John Snyder's his name. Yeah, there we go. I know his new, his new is Snyder. I just couldn't think of it. Yeah, you got Snyder. You know, he he got his wife now involved. He's stepping back to an extent. I'm sure he's feeling the pressure. Uh, he's stepping back just a bit. This whole thing is just. I'm just gonna be honest, and this is a touchy subject, and that's perfectly fine. Some days you just got to be controversial, at least, you know, speak your own opinion. At this rate, I still think Kansas City is going to change their name. I think if if it's offensive, what? Okay, I get what a Redskins is. If if Washington changed their name, I could easily see where, to where we get to the point of the Dallas football team, Denver, Kansas City. Just call them by the city. Because now if you're a devil like New York and L.A., I don't know what to tell you on that one. Um, but anyway, your thoughts on the direction that Washington's trying to head into, I don't know what identity they're trying to do. I just feel bad for this organization. You know, they're, they're, um, not a bad organization. They had a pretty good success on the field. Of course, Alex Smith, um, okay. Um, anyway. What's your thoughts on this uh, direction and where this team is trying to head into? Well, I I think Warriors would be great, but then, you know, Dan Snyder said that's not an option because we're trying to get away from the Native American thing. And the last thing you want to do is say, well, we're going to quit calling the Red Wolves for six of the Warriors now. Um, I always thought the Red Tails was going to be cool because of the Tuskegee Airmen uh, from back in World War II, I think it was, and how they overcame uh, racism and segregation to uh, represent their country and do, do some mighty things. Um, I've seen some uh, some uh, logos, that unofficial logos that some different artists have drawn, and they look pretty cool. Um, but I'm going to make this joke, but I think it senators would be appropriate because <laughs> then again, you know, collective paycheck year around the work half the year anyway, right? <laughs> no, 
you know, you'll work part time to try to collect the full time paychecks. So I think senators will be appropriate. That's just uh, me. What you, but, uh, to add on that, if you want to add a senator, you definitely would be wasting your money because, I mean, let's be honest, we're paying them to do something and they're not doing half their stuff that they tell us that they're going to do when they get in the, in the, in the office. So I, I'm right there with you, David. <laughs> but uh, I think it's something just, it, 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 to me, it's a joke. I mean, it's because, you know, for, uh, for um, uh, decades, you know, they went on the Redskins, and even some Native American groups came out and said, "Yes, we know the terms of pensions, but it doesn't bother us. It's tradition." And then only just a couple of years ago did it become a problem, and then they said, "Finally, we're going to just change it." And it's like, "Well, we don't have any nicknames yet. So we're going to be known as the football team." And then, uh, you know, and then they said, "Well, we still don't have a nickname, so we're going to be known as the football team for another year, and then we're going to come up with a new nickname." It's like, okay. You know, you should have known, you should have been prepared, but that's just me. I mean, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the T and the Avenue of E was, was switched around to the to describe the Washington football team before they uh because it's literally, you know, WTF. Well, I just don't I don't know where exactly we've had like and you mentioned it, this team's been around for quite a while. And I don't know why I was sitting now. I get the tension, you know, the the tension that's going on in this country. I I, I get it. Uh, I get it. I may not fully understand it from my perspective, but I, I get it. Nonetheless, um, you know, the Cleveland Indians, they're going to be changing name, their name. I know here locally, high schools change theirs, you know, U.S. Grant. I know was one and there's a few others. But anyway, if the, if the Indians and the Redskins is offensive or a racist term, let's put it that way, then why can't we change the cheese? Because I mean, the cheese in a way is an Indian type of thing. Um, in my opinion, the Longhorns is offensive, but you know, whatever. Cowboys, I mean, the list goes on Braves for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I just hope that we don't start changing sports history. And I get sports is nothing compared to, to actual physical history that a lot of these people have been through, but nonetheless, I just hope we don't start changing just everything because, you know, sometimes, you know, history, yes, history can repeat itself, but at the same time, you don't want to change it because unfortunately the new history doesn't end very well. No, it doesn't. And, you know, it's like something, you know, it wasn't offensive until somebody told you it was, you know, and, and, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, I think the Braves, Atlanta Braves baseball team, stopped doing the tomahawk. Asked their fans to stop doing the tomahawk. So as I'm concerned, they have it. And the same way with the Kansas City Chiefs. They still haven't done it because it's tradition. And there's nothing wrong with it, in my opinion. I got nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's a part of the game. It's part of that home field advantage and, and that excitement. And like I said, you know, I get people want to change things and I'm all for giving people what they want, but at the same time, you just got to leave it alone. Research it. First of all, research what you're trying to change and make sure it makes sense and, and go from there. But nonetheless, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Kind of curious what they're going to come up with. I'm sure it's probably something stupid, unfortunately. Um, Nonetheless, um, it should be it should be interesting as long as as long as 
Dallas does not win the Super Bowl, I am perfectly happy. I don't care what happens. Yep. But, ladies and gentlemen, it's been fun. Um, wrapping up, how can you guys listen to us? iTunes, Google, Amazon Music, even better yet, if you have an Alexa, which I do, however, it's put away because my kids likes to talk to Alexa and my phone and my TV will physically be a moving station. So it is unplugged. However, you can listen to Amazon or you can listen to on Amazon Music by saying, hey, Alexa, play the Air Attack podcast and she'll do it to you. Just give her some time. Nonetheless, it's been fun. Everyone follow the show on Twitter, AirRaid underscore podcast. I'll get all the information on the link in description when I release the podcast, edit it later on tonight. David, what do you got planned for this weekend, buddy? Well, I'm actually taking a trip to Bartlesville uh, this weekend. Um, we're uh, going to go up and, I mean, friend are going to go up and check out uh, the right, uh, the Price Tower, which is Frank Lloyd Wright's only skyscraper. Um, we're not going to go to a tour yet to book advance. It's just a little bit of a headache right now, but we're going to go out there and just take a look at the outside of it and then uh, poke around the uh, Philip 66 Museum there up there in Morville and then maybe take a quick trip to Paul Hospital to check out the Pioneer Woman's Place up there. Just check out some old small towns along the way. I take a little bit of a road trip. Very nice. I, I'm trying to take my wife up there. I've heard good things. I've heard it's, it's pretty busy up at the um, Pioneer Shop. I've never been. But uh, let me know how that goes. I'll be kind of curious. Uh, you'll be the first person physically that I know of, anyway, that's been up there. And, and uh, I'm kind of curious how that goes for you guys. Yep, it's definitely. I got nothing besides mowing my dad's yard. Other than that, I got absolutely nothing. <laughs> yep. That's all. Okay, um, <laughs> yep, most definitely. But anyway, guys, it's been fun, David. Have a wonderful, safe weekend, buddy. And uh, um, oh, before, I'm glad if I forget that. We got two exciting guests or three exciting guests coming on, but two of them reached out. Um, they're big time fans of the podcast. We'll get all the details out uh, next week in regards to, excuse me, in regards to the show. But who are they? Well, one of them is the offensive lineman for Tennessee State University. He's also a barstool athlete. Again, goes back to the NIL uh, stuff, so we'll definitely mention that. But Daryl Branch, the offensive guard for Tennessee State University, he'll be coming on the show um, on – I got this for you guys. I got this for you guys. July 29th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Definitely talk about the Eddie George – Hiring as head coach, that would definitely be brought up. Um, and also, um, D'Artagnan, I'm sure I'm butchering his name. I apologize in advance. Uh, Tinsley, I'm just going to call him D. He'll be on the show on the whopping July 27th, 8 p.m. Eastern. So, David, if you are available, if you would like to join in, hey, man, man feel free to, uh, to join in as well. I'd love to. Hey, guys, there you go. David and I will be interviewing those two great guys. Then, of course, Moose, the quarterback of, of Fitzburg State. Yeah, it's kind of weird, F-I-T-Z-Berg State. Uh, I believe a D2 product uh, will be coming on the 20 
8th, I believe. But anyway, I'll, I'll tweet all those out tonight or tonight on uh, tweet them out. Stay tuned. A lot of going on behind the scenes. But anyway, nonetheless, David, have a wonderful weekend. You guys have a wonderful weekend. And we will see you guys back here same time, same place. Have a great rest of the week. And let's finish this week strong.